listening to sermon audio from First Baptist Church of Van Holstein. For more information about First Baptist Church and our services, please visit www.fbcva.com. I love to worship with you. I love to proclaim the gospel together in song to magnify the Lord. So appreciate our worship team. The work that they put in each week, we have a a rotating team of instrumentalists anyway, uh, generally, but uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you. They, uh, uh, most weeks, um, they meet during the week for rehearsal, and then they're uh, also here early on Sunday mornings, uh, before eight o'clock even, before the early service um, across the street, and so I really appreciate those who serve us in that way. And uh, just a a reminder, I think it's good for us to remember this. Uh, It is not their intention. Uh, It is not our model that they are performers. And we are the audience, really, uh, in worship. There's an audience of one. Uh, The Lord uses the folks up here as prompters. uh, And so we are the ones who are performing acts of worship uh, as we pray, as we sing, uh, as we just contemplate the goodness of God. And so I want to just remind you of that this morning. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 20. If you have a copy of God's Word, go ahead and turn there. If not, uh, and would like to have a copy of God's Word, we would be delighted to give you one. Uh, but we typically have uh, the text up on the screen so you can follow along easily there. Uh, this is now week four in our current sermon series entitled Our Imperfect Family, Getting Real About the Health of Your Home. We are opening God's Word together to find wisdom and direction to establish and maintain spiritual health in our homes. Um, Just real quickly, I I would say if you are kind of looking for um, a foundational message as it relates to the structure of the home, the origin of the family, uh, some of those things, uh, I would encourage you to uh, jump on our podcast feed. And if you don't subscribe to that, you might consider doing so. Uh, We just posted um, a sermon series that we did back in 2017, I think, called Hold Firm. And in that series, we looked at the Baptist faith and message, each of the articles there. And the 18th article of our Baptist faith and message, which, of course, submits to Scripture, okay, uh, but uh, we believe that it clarifies for us what we believe, what God's Word teaches on some very, very important issues Uh, And there is one there on the family. It's a pretty broad statement, uh, one that I think will give you clarity as to what we believe as a church family as it relates to the structure of the family and some of those things. Now, what we're doing in this series is a little bit different. And so uh, I would encourage you to go back and maybe, maybe pick that up. And you can also do that with the current series. Those get posted each week. You can find those now in the FBC VA app. You can also find them in Uh, your podcast feed, whether that's Podbean or whatever they use nowadays, Apple Podcasts. I'm a Spotify guy, I guess, for whatever that's worth. Anyway, um, great way for you if you miss a service or something like that, or maybe you just want to go back and go, what in the world was he trying to say that week? You know, you can go back and critique it once again and uh, listen to it on your way. I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm walking, and so it's a great way to uh, to redeem that time in a couple of different ways, and so you might consider that as well. But in this series, we have noted that all of our families look a little bit different, meaning that we are all in different phases of life. Um, Some of you are empty nesters uh, and have been for a long time. Uh, Some of you are new empty nesters, and you are spreading your wings and realizing 
this newfound freedom that is yours uh, as an empty nester. Others of us uh, still have younger children at home. Uh, some of you are newlyweds, and maybe you're looking forward to uh, your family growing. Uh, some of you are uh, anticipating your wedding day coming up fairly soon and uh, all the preparation that goes into that. Uh, some of you uh, are single, and maybe you're looking forward to the day that you will be married, uh, should God uh, ordain that. And uh, so we're just at all different places. Um, some of us kind of have an odd mixture of some of those things, okay? Um, and I, I, we're at that place right now where we have a, a younger one at home, uh, and I'm also caring for aging parents, uh, as an example. And so some of you are in that spot uh, and so what that means is that some of the things that we are looking at may apply to us in a little different way. Uh, we've tried to, to, to kind of set up the structure of this sermon series that it has a, a pretty broad appeal uh, to everyone. A lot of the principles and the truths that we're unpacking in these early messages especially are really foundational to the health of your family, the health of your home, the health of your marriage, um, all of those things. I mean, we all need to exhibit and extend forgiveness, for example. Uh, the blessing, uh, while we normally think of that as kind of a downward type thing from parent to child, um, you can extend blessing uh, to your spouse. And so you kind of see that uh, done in a horizontal sort of way as well. And so hopefully you're finding this uh, a practical series that you can take and apply. Now, I will tell you that the series is going to be broken up kind of into two parts. Uh, the first part, really ending with today's message, is really made up of words of healing uh, and that's why, uh, as I've received feedback from some of you, I know that these messages have maybe been a little difficult um, in the sense that um, it's, it's kind of forced you to look at some things that maybe you've been avoiding, uh, maybe some things that you've not really wanted to think about, maybe some things that you've kind of swept aside, um, but, but you've kind of been forced to look at those things. And in some respects, you've been forced in many ways to look at yourself in the mirror. Um, as it relates to forgiveness and, and blessing and, and, and these, these types of things. And I think you'll see that in this morning's message as well. Now, so far, we have looked at the words hope. Uh, we looked at the word hope because uh, we know that the fundamental problem in any of our families, any of our relationships, is the fact that we're all flawed people. We are all imperfect. That's why the series is called Our Imperfect Family, because we're all imperfect people. And so regardless of the makeup of your home and family, I guarantee you, your situation is imperfect. Uh, and so we looked at that in that first message at the subject of hope. And that hope is ultimately found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because our fundamental problem is sin and the resulting broken fellowship with God, our hope is ultimately found in the gospel and being in a right relationship with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you've never turned from your sin to faith in Jesus Christ, you've never taken that that step of faith, uh, I would love to talk to you about that. I would love to open God's word with you and show you how you can know that you are in a right relationship with God, not because of something you've done or something you're trying to do or you're trying to do enough good to outweigh the bad and all of those sorts of things, um, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for you and the love of God that has been demonstrated to you. Scripture says that while you were a sinner, uh, he demonstrated that love in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's the hope that we have. And then we looked at the word forgiveness. And we define forgiveness using this illustration of the brick here uh, as hurt. 
uh, that, that we all experience on different levels, uh, maybe from, from different individuals within our family. We said in that message that, there is, uh, that there's no hurt quite like family hurt. Uh, we've said that there's no pain like family pain. Uh, and we know that to be true. And so when we choose to pick up that hurt or to cling to it and refuse to forgive someone, then we end up carrying around a lot of baggage that God doesn't intend for us to carry around. And I know that, again, that's a difficult thing for a lot of us. It is hard to forgive someone, particularly uh, if you feel that they're not in a place of, of seeking that forgiveness or even a place of repentance. And, and so we looked at that. But we said this forgiveness is a decision and the required action to release a person from the obligation that resulted when they injured, offended, or hurt me. And so we are saying, regardless of their position, their posture, uh, and we're not saying, hey, everything's good in the sense that uh, you're no longer accountable to God for what you may have done. We're not, we're not in a position to do that. But we are saying, I'm choosing as the offended party to release you from any kind of debt that may have resulted in that, regardless of where they may be. And I know that can be especially difficult, but so critically important. And some of you, even in the last two or three weeks, have experienced the freedom that can come from taking those steps and releasing some of those things. And, and we recognize that, that some of those hurts are far more significant than others. Okay? It's not just having your feelings hurt a little bit. We experience that almost on a daily basis. I'm talking about the deep wounds that are associated with, with family pain many times. And so I'm praying that if you're in that position and you're still carrying around a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, that by the grace of God and as you come to understand the forgiveness of God that's been extended to you as a very imperfect person, that you can let some of that stuff go. And, and I wanted to, to kind of recap all of that because all of this ties together with the subject we're going to look at today. Uh, and then last week, we defined blessing. Uh, blessing is not uh, associated to material possessions, as we looked at it last week. It is intentionally communicating through words and actions a fondness for, a confidence in, uh, and uh, a recognition of a specific person. Blessing is not rooted in appearance or accomplishments. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to tell your kid you have beautiful hair or your eyes are so pretty or whatever else, but that should not be the primary focus of blessing or your affirmation of them, things over which they have no control. <laughs> okay? What you want to do is you want to affirm character, um, good decisions, things of that nature where they do have some choice and they do have some control over some of those sorts of things. And so blessing is not rooted in appearance and accomplishments. It is rooted in the imago Dei, in the image of God. And so you're recognizing that in them. Now, while the blessing may include, and I would suggest that you prayerfully consider uh, a blessing ceremony at some point, whether that's when they become a teenager or maybe a little later, whatever the case may be, a rite of passage, so to speak, and, and what that process might look like within your community. Um, while that may be part of it, it is something that is to be intentionally communicated uh, regularly in the day-to-day -day rhythms of life. That's the way God intends for us to disciple our families. Uh, and while it's not wrong to have a time set aside each night when maybe you have your family time or your family altar, some people call it, and that sort of thing, I, I've been asked through the years how we've done that, and I would want to respond most of the time with, not well. <laughs> uh, that, that has not seemed to work for our family. And we did some things when our older three kids were a little younger that was maybe looked a little more like that. 
but if you study the Shema of Deuteronomy chapter 6, it makes it clear that it is discipleship in your home and with your family is not to be an event. Okay? It's something that you're to do in the day-to-day rhythms of life. Uh, and it, so it should be, become a natural thing for you to have spiritual conversations about day-to-day subjects. I mean, your, your kid comes home from school and says, well, so-and-so sure was mean today. And then you can say, well, how should we respond to that? What does the Bible say about uh, being friendly? Well, it says if you're going to have friends, then you have to show yourself friendly. So it's a great opportunity to disciple. And it doesn't have to be an event per se. Uh, a lot of discipling has happened driving down the road in the minivan, amen? Um, in between swats, you know, no, 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 we weren't, we're not going to go there. Right? Um, and so it is much more than simply being proud of your kids, okay? I, I, there's nothing uh, intrinsically wrong with that, but blessing is so much more than that, just bragging on your kids, bragging on your spouse. Um, as important as that may be, uh, that's really not what the blessing is that we talked about last week. Now, today we're going to look at the word honor, the word honor. And this is a subject that is really, really important in Scripture. And we see it in a number of different places. Maybe you're familiar with the text that says, we're to give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, if you study um, the book of Ephesians and family life and marriage, it says that we're to extend honor to our spouse, uh, for example. Uh, what we're really primarily looking at today is the command to honor our parents. And so with that, we're turning to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, and what you'll find here is is what we commonly call the Ten Commandments. Long before David Letterman uh, was making his top ten lists on late night television, uh, way back in the 90s, um, God had his own top ten list. And uh, if you have an interest in doing maybe a little deeper dive into this particular section of Scripture, Jen Wilkin just uh, did a study and wrote a book called The Ten Words that I would highly recommend. Uh, that you pick up. And by the way, whenever we mention some resources like that, uh, we're trying to make it a practice to, uh, to push that out to you during the week so that you can link to those things. I know it's hard to catch that when we mention it maybe in passing here. Uh, and so look for those resources to be posted on our social media during the week. But recorded here in, Ex- in Exodus chapter 20, uh, we, we again find the Ten Commandments. And I want to remind you of the background uh, of where things are here in the meta narrative of, of Scripture. The children of Israel... They're making their journey from Egyptian bondage. That's why this book is called The Exodus. There has been a departure in Exodus from Egyptian bondage, and they're making their way to the the promised land, to Canaan. And about three months into the trip, Moses uh, heads up to Mount Sinai to meet with God and soon returns with these stone tablets upon which God has written his top ten, bottom line, you better get this stuff right, uh, commandments. And so you'll find, uh, you shall have no other gods before me, in verse number three here. You'll find, you shall not make for yourself any kind of idol, verse number four. Uh, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, verse number seven. Verse number eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then, number five. And so we turn our attention to verse number 12 here, right smack dab in the middle of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. There it is, the word honor. And again, you might be surprised to learn that the word honor is a a very important concept in Scripture. So much so that in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse number 16, the 
fifth commandment is repeated uh, with an expanded blessing. What you find there is kind of a recapitulation of the Ten Commandments. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse number 16, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord has uh, your God commanded you, referencing uh, Exodus, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So this command is kind of expanded upon with this kind of additional blessing, you might say. Now you might think, well, that's all Old Testament. Aren't we like New Testament people? That stuff doesn't really apply to us, right? That's not the case. In fact, this concept is so significant that the Apostle Paul repeated the command in his letter to the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, actually, if you pick it up in verse number 1 there of Ephesians chapter 6, uh, you'll find that it says children are to obey their parents. There's a distinction between that concept and what we find in verse number 2. In verse number 2 there in Ephesians 6, it says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Clearly, this is a command for all people in all periods of history. And so what I want us to first consider is the command to honor our parents. And note that it is a universal command. And so, so what gives? Okay, um, when, Whenever we think about the difference between obeying and honoring and that sort of thing, I think there is a distinction there. Like many words in Scripture, uh, in the original language, there are different words used, but many times they are translated the same way in our English language. Now, we do have some distinction as it relates to children. Okay, Now, you can reference... Um, just use the term children generally, and we all know that that pretty much means kids up to a certain age. And then we kind of have a break there where we're like teenagers, and before that you kind of got that weird stage where they're like trying to figure out if they're kids or if they're teenagers or not, you know, and all that kind of thing. But we have other words that we use. We would say, uh, you know, of the youngest kids over in the nursery, for example, those are infants, uh, newborns, and then you have toddlers, and then, you, know, you have these different things. Well, that's sometimes what we find in Scripture. And so in the original language, there would be a distinction. Okay, this is a, a younger child. The word in the original language is technon there. And so it means a, a younger child that would be understood to be under the, the direct care and supervision of their parents. Okay, in that particular case, and I want all the kids that are in the room this morning, and I think that's mainly from fifth grade kind of up, uh, if, you are, if you're in that category and you still live at home with mom and daddy, they're the ones buying, buying the French fries, okay? Pay attention for a moment, because Scripture's clear. The most important way that you can honor your parents right now, the phase of life that you're in, is to obey them. Obey them. Okay, God has a structure for the family. Okay, and that structure uh, is designed not to make you miserable. I know some days you may think that. Uh, when they're trying to get you out of bed in the morning, or they're trying to make you do your homework, or take out the trash, all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh my word, come on. But God has, has put this, it's almost like an umbrella of protection over you as you submit to their authority. And so when you try to run out from under that umbrella of protection, or you're poking holes in it through rebellion, you're going to get wet. And I'm not just talking about a little H2O. I'm talking about you're going to experience some stuff that you really don't want to experience. And so your job primarily, as it relates to honoring your parents right now, is to obey them. Now that changes 
once we, once we mature to a point that uh, we have a different relationship with our parents. So what are we talking about here, this idea of honoring our parents? We're not just talking about small children in the home. Uh, we are also not talking about a command that we follow until we turn 18 and magically become an adult or whatever, and then it becomes obsolete. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about young adults. We're talking about middle-aged adults. We're talking about senior adults, mature adults. We never outgrow this. We never outgrow it. It's for every race. It's for every nation. It's for every culture, even here in North America, where the idea of honoring parents is often ridiculed or seems foreign to us. Now, this concept uh, is, is, is kind of naturally built into other cultures in ways that it is not here, Asian cultures particularly, uh, that we don't see uh, here in, in, our, in our culture so much. In our day, uh, we place more emphasis on honoring self uh, at the expense of those around us who need to be honored. Uh, and so regardless uh, of your parents' success rating, uh, and I realize this can be a sensitive thing. Regardless of how you may feel about it, we are to honor our parents. At the same time, I realize this can be really complex for some of us. Um, most of you are aware of my personal testimony. My mom uh, went to be with the Lord um, at, a, at a young age when I was just 12. Uh, and so some would say, well, well, then you're off the hook. How can you honor your mom when she's with the Lord? She can't be any more honored than she is right now in the very presence of our Lord. Well, I believe that I can honor my mom's memory and the things that I know she loved and held dear and the things that she strove to pass down to me up until the time that she went to be with the Lord. I can honor her by living out those principles uh, and, and honoring her memory, you might say. Uh, and so there are ways that you can honor your parents, even those of you whose parents have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, you can speak respectfully and, and, and place value upon the things that they taught you and, and all that. And I realize for some of us, this is a really, really difficult thing. There's some of you here this morning, you would go, Pastor, this is so easy for me. This is so easy. I grew up in a, in a, in a Christian home, and, and man, there was a spiritual foundation there, and I saw my parents model what it is to walk as a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ, and I mean, they supported me along the way and expressed love to me, and I, I, I got the blessing, and all the things that we're talking about, you got, this is simple, piece of cake, man, and if, if I was to, to write something, I, I could write volumes about my parents and what, what they meant to me and all of those things. Others of us it's not that easy. And I understand that this morning. And so regardless of their success rating or, or whatever the situation may be, we are to honor our parents. Now the Hebrew term for honor means literally a heavy weight. It means to, to lay it on them. Now that sounds like that kind of negative in our culture, in our, in our society. We would say, man, you know, that lady chewed me out and she was laying it on thick. You know, we, we kind of say it that way. That, that's not the idea here. Uh, whenever something was, was, was given weight, uh, that meant it, it, was, it was speaking of value. Okay, in our day, in our culture, the way that we exchange currency and those sorts of things, swipe a piece of plastic, whatever else. But you got to remember, in, in, in that day, something was weighed many times. And the more weight it had, the more value it had. And so we're talking about placing value, uh, ascribing a sense of worth, you might say. Again, this is attached to the Imago Dei. 
And so it's not related to, you know, how you would grade your parents on their parenting skills. That's not really what it is about. Now, I realize it's far more complex than that. Um, I know that there are some unique situations, maybe even for some of you this morning, where there was uh, severe forms of abuse in your childhood. It may be that you have a parent who, uh, I have friends who, a parent that's incarcerated still, for example. This becomes really difficult, becomes really uh, complex. And so there's no cookie cutter way to do this. Okay, everybody's situation is unique. Everybody's family situation is unique. But I, I will say to those of you who may be sitting here this morning thinking, what if my parents did a lousy job? I mean, it's not lost on me that there may be some of you here today saying, I, I don't even know who my father is. And I, 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 I can't say that I personally understand the, the pain associated with that. I, I, I can't, but, but there are a lot of people uh, a lot of people around you even that have experienced some of those things. So with that, I just want to share with you a quote uh, that a guy named Dennis Rainey wrote. He's done a lot of writing on family issues and counseling and all those sorts of things. He wrote a book called The Tribute and the Promise. And in that, he, he said this, Honoring your parents is an attitude accompanied by actions, much like forgiveness, that says to your parents, you are worthy, you have value. You are the person God sovereignly placed in my life. Now listen carefully to this next part. You may have failed me, hurt me, or disappointed me at times, but I am taking off my judicial robe, and here's the language of forgiveness again, and releasing you from the courtroom of my mind. I choose to look at you with compassion. This is the Imago Dei, as someone with needs, concerns, and perhaps scars of your own. And we know uh, that, that many of the things that we're talking about are generational in nature. Okay? They, I mean, you think about it. There was a young man that uh, I got uh, became a friend with while I was uh, in seminary. I was living in the dorm there on campus, and uh, this guy was uh, in, in town there, and he uh, typically had custodial-type jobs and everything, and we got acquainted with him. He started working in the cafeteria on campus and was washing dishes and things. And, and one day I got to talking with Don. I said, Don, I said, tell me what kind of work your dad did. And he said he didn't. And I went, I thought maybe he misunderstood the question. I, I'm like, what kind of work did your dad do? He said, he didn't. And what I realized then was that he had not grown up in a home where he saw his dad go to work. And so as a result, he didn't really know how to go to work. I mean, this was something that, that he hadn't, had not been taught. It was not, it was not something that was modeled for him. Uh, and so uh, some of you, I know that you, you, can, you know your genealogy enough, you know your family history, your family of origin, all those things enough to know that there are some things back there, uh, and, and you're, in some cases you're reaping and realizing the benefits of it, and in other cases you're, you're reaping some of the damage associated with it. Uh, it was not until I was uh, a little older uh, that I realized um, what my dad's upbringing was. And while I knew that my dad came from a broken home, it never dawned on me that my dad came from a broken home in a day when that was far less common than it is today. And it wasn't until I had some meaningful conversations with my dad that I learned that his father was not a spiritual influence in his life. Wasn't even very involved in his life. 
And so my dad would point to his grandfather as the primary spiritual influence in his life. Well, well that, has, that, that has ramifications. <laughs> uh, and so uh, there's some things that we need to look at and to consider and, and really uh, weigh when it comes to some of these matters. And I would also say that that is a, a testimony uh, to the importance of grandparents. Uh, if you've not studied the demographics of our day, there are a huge number of grandparents today who are raising their grandchildren. I'm talking day to day, every day, out of necessity. In some cases, it's because of the death of a parent. Uh, in some cases, it's because of the irresponsibility of a parent. They have no business uh, trying to raise those kids. And so grandparents are forced at a, at a phase of life where that's, they don't have the energy, they don't have the, uh, but, but they're put in that position. And so you get a lot of different things that come into play here as it relates to this, this matter of giving honor. Uh, I do want to be clear here because I know that some of you have extremely, extremely painful relationships with your parents. Uh, I recognize that. And so let me just, as a, as a word of clarity here, I want, to, I want to just simply say this. Honoring your parents does not mean these things. And there's more to this, but I just want to hit a few of these because I think this is critically important. It does not mean groveling and seeking their approval. And this goes back to last week's message on the blessing. Uh, some people, they never really receive that in their younger years, their formative years. And so what happens then is, is that becomes an issue for them in their adult years. And they are continually trying to find it, to get it. Uh, that's, that's not what this is. This is not groveling and seeking their approval. God wants you to be free uh, from the bondage of anyone's approval but His, ultimately. And that's not to suggest that you shouldn't have a desire to make your parents proud or uh, to live in a way that you wouldn't bring dishonor. You know, many of us, at some point in our upbringing, you know, heard it said, hey, don't ever do anything to bring dishonor to our family name. Okay, but, but this is different. We're not talking about groveling and seeking their approval. Okay? It also does not mean making yourself vulnerable to hurtful behavior. Grown children can choose appropriate boundaries between themselves and their parents. And sometimes the reason that this is especially difficult, and I'll just say this to some of you, you parents, it's because of the posture and the position that you take with your kids. You've got to be very careful. That's why Scripture uh, is very clear, very explicit when it talks about releasing the arrows. It likens our kids to arrows, okay? And in the formative years, the training years, you're notching the arrow, you're preparing the arrow, you're pulling back on the bow, but there comes a point in time where you release the arrow. And I happen to know that there are a lot of parents today who really struggle with releasing the arrow. So you're still trying to helicopter over your grown kids and it creates issues and problems and tension and all of those sorts of things. And so there are times when it is appropriate, if, if done gracefully uh, and, and kindly and all of those things, to uh, choose appropriate boundaries. Honoring your parents is also not ignoring or denying the past. God's purposes are not advanced when we act as though certain issues do not exist. We just try to sweep it under the rug. Just out of sight, out of mind. Mm. I don't want to think about that. No, that's where forgiveness is critically important. 
critically important. That's where you choose to release. And one of the reasons that some people struggle with honoring their parents is because they struggle with forgiveness. Because you're still holding on to a bunch of this stuff. You're finding it really difficult to biblically honor honor your parents. And so let's, let's dive a little deeper into the challenges of honoring our parents. Um, and I just, again, I, there, just a couple of these, there are many, many more. Uh, and I know there are some challenges that I've, I've never even considered because I'm not living uh, the life that some of you are living. And, and I don't have the, the relationship that maybe some of you have with your parents. Okay. And so, but what about when someone says, well, I just don't feel like it. I'm not feeling it. Okay, maybe you feel angry, or you feel hurt, or you feel neglected, or you feel misunderstood by your parents, and you're still carrying some of the baggage related to that. Now, I personally know and have some understanding of the complexities involved here. No two relationships are the same. No two circumstances are the same. And so again, there's not some cookie-cutter formula for how we do this. Okay, um, in, in some cases, it would be illegal even for certain people to have close personal contact with their parents. I, I, I would hope and pray that those situations are rare and unusual, but, but it's not all that uncommon. You might be surprised. Okay, what about those who say, well, they won't receive it. They won't receive it. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, man, if I even tried to take a step in this direction, if I, if I tried to do what you're talking about, Pastor, they wouldn't hear me. I can hear the door slamming. I can hear the phone clicking down. It just ain't happening. Don't you think at some point that that's probably what the prodigal son was thinking? Don't you think there was a point when he was out there living this ridiculous lifestyle and just blowing it all on you know, who knows what and everything else that he probably thought, it'd probably be a great idea for me to go back home, but I doubt they're going to receive me. But what did he find instead? That mercy came running. Mercy came running. What a picture of our gracious God. You know how many people are just absolutely paralyzed spiritually because they think that they have somehow outwitted the, the mercy and the grace of God? I've just gone too far. <laughs> you may be surprised at how receptive they are. And what's more important is this. We don't choose to obey God and to take steps of obedience based upon the response that we think we may get or not get. Okay, we do it because we believe God's word and we want to obey him. Okay, now what about, this is where it becomes a little more complex. What if you're thinking, but they've been abusive. They've been abusive. Maybe your parents have been emotionally, physically, verbally, even uh, sexually abusive. And that's where this gets super complex. I understand. Some of the most painful experiences that a child can face related to um, parental abuse. It's not natural in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I will say this, focusing on the pain and, and, and coddling this stuff, and again, I know it's complex, but it only perpetuates those things. That's where forgiveness becomes so important. And so finding something good to focus on, while it may be incredibly difficult for some of you, promotes healing and reconciliation as hard as that may be. Uh, honoring your parents, though, does not mean exposing yourself to further pain. And so I would say in some extreme cases, it may not be wise for you to have actual physical contact with a parent. Uh, I, would, I would hope and pray again that those situations are rare, 
but that may be the case. Because of incredibly irresponsive, irresponsible behavior, a continuing abusive behavior, and that sort of thing. Um, and we could talk about that for a very, very long time. But honoring your parents helps break the chains of bitterness and unforgiveness. Because again, you carry this stuff around long enough and it grows up into a root of bitterness. That is like, again, the cancer of the soul. So let's talk finally then about the promise of honoring our parents. The promise. Uh, the text that we see here is uh, that it may be well with you. It says uh, in the book of the Ephesians, what kind of promise is this? Is it health and wealth? Uh, is it safety? Is it an easier life? Um, you know, some people would say, well, so if I do this, then man, everything's going to be great. That's not what, that's not what scripture is teaching us. Um, I believe that it is most significantly relational favor with God. Relational favor with God. And so while we often say it this way, you choose to sin, you choose to suffer, you choose to obey, and you put yourself in a place of relational favor with God. Okay, we're not talking about a health and wealth kind of thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about relational favor with God. When we walk in sin, okay, we are choosing to walk in broken fellowship with God. Very important. There's a second blessing phrase that we see here, and I want us to notice it. It says that you may live long on the earth. They really come in the opposite order. That's a little more specific, isn't it? And we talked about this uh, some a couple of weeks ago in the forgiveness message when we looked at the power of forgiveness and how there are studies that confirm that people who offload and release bitterness, release it is the language that we, that we use there, the negativity, the unforgiveness, they experience many times better health. They just do. I mean, you, you lay that burden aside. It's the burden of the heart. It's a burden of the mind many times, the emotions. It just stays weighed down. And so we often uh, see that when someone offloads that, when they choose to forgive, um, then it shouldn't surprise us that a person who pursues obedience in every level um, will many times experience um, a renewed health uh, they'll many times live longer. You're not wearing those things down. It's not just, it's not weighing on your heart and your emotions, your blood pressure, and, and, and those sorts of things. But I think if we look deeper here, I think God is, is really promising us much more than that, than just longer life, okay? I don't think He's saying if you honor your parents, you're going to live to be 100, okay? I believe that you may live long on the earth is actually a promise about our legacy. Because in the family that chooses to honor the parents, there is a ripple effect that goes on for many, many years. This is a generational blessing. It's a generational blessing. And again, you may be thinking, well, I don't think my parents honored their parents. That may be the case. Then I would say, much like I said last week as it relates to the blessing, then, hey, you plant a flag and determine to be a cycle breaker. You determine that you're going to do things differently. As for me and my family, things are going to be different, as difficult as that may be. Now, in the first message in this series, you remember we talked about the fact that there is no pain like family pain, and we used the example of King David, and particularly his son Absalom. Even in the midst of profound, complex family pain and division, there was incest and there was murder and all of these sorts of things even in the midst of this deep pain in second samuel chapter 13 verse 39 it tells us the heart of king david longed to go out to absalom 
Well, David finally overcame his negative feelings enough to call for his son to come home. Now picture the scene. As soon as Absalom gets back to Jerusalem, you would expect some big party, right? Absalom's home. Wrong. In 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 28, it says, Now Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem and did not see the king's face. So it's not a matter of proximity. Okay, lived in Jerusalem, back home, you might say, lived in the hometown, but did not see the king's face. So Absalom grows frustrated. And according to verse 32 of chapter 14, he says, Why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me still to be there. Now, therefore, let me see the king's face. Finally, David allows Absalom to come in. Verse number 33. So he came to the king and he bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king and the king kissed Absalom. And we can go, oh, good. All better now, right? Nope. <laughs> nope. Because you turn the page to chapter 15 of 2 Samuel and it tells us that Absalom went out and stirred up trouble. On a daily basis, men from all over the nation of Israel would come to ask King David for his advice. And Absalom began intercepting these people and basically saying, forget about what my old man says. I'm the guy who knows what's up. You need to listen to me. You need to listen to me. And according to verse number 15, the conspiracy was strong and the people increased continually with Absalom. So not only is he now not honoring his father, he is dishonoring his father. He's dishonoring him. Well, David is devastated by Absalom and this group of conspirators that he's kind of built up this following. And so in verse number 30 of 2 Samuel 15, it says, but David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went, barefoot and with his head covered. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and they went up weeping as they went. So bizarre was this love-hate scene with David's family that Joab, the former commander of David's army, says in 2 Samuel chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, Then Joab came into the house uh, to the king and said, You have today covered with shame the faces of all your servants. You have this day saved your life and the lives of your sons and your daughters and the lives of your wives and your uh, concubines because you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. For you have made it clear today that commanders and servants are nothing to you. For today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, then you would be pleased. He's recognizing how deep familiar love, familial love is and how complex relationships can be within family. That's why there's no pain like family pain. There's a, a prominent... Um, now, former pastor, if I said his name, uh, most any of you would recognize the name. You've at least heard the name, whether you're familiar with the ministry or not. Uh, longtime faithful pastor serving for many years in the same church. Had a great deal of influence across denominational lines, across evangelical circles. What you may not know about this particular individual is that he has a son who's a mocker. It's public. 
It's public. He has a public platform where he literally mocks his father, mocks the things that his father has taught faithfully for many, many years. That tells us a number of things. That tells us that even those of us in ministry, those of us who have faithfully uh, in every way tried to live out uh, the principles of God's Word, uh, have tried to in every way we knew how, although imperfectly, to teach that to our children, sometimes we see this, they choose a different way, a different path. And uh, the particular path of this son has been uh, like, like a roller coaster in many respects. But mocking. As I see that on, on occasion, I, I see the evidence of some of that. And this particular son has like literally built for himself a platform based upon this mockery, this outright mockery of the things of God. So not only is he not honoring his father, his parents, he's dishonoring them. And I can't imagine the pain that that must bring to his parents. Now that may be an extreme example, but here's what you need to understand and how this all ties in with even last week's message. There is a longing in the heart of every child for the blessing. There is also within the heart of every parent a longing to be honored. To be honored. And we're not talking about throwing a parade. We're not talking about, you know, every other day has to be mom and dad day. Or, I mean, we're, not ta- I'm, we're just talking about just simply an understanding of the value, the worth. As imperfect as that relationship may be. And again, I don't pretend to know what this looks like for every one of you. For some of you, it may be just a, a small step in that direction. And that step may need to be taken with a great deal of caution depending on the circumstances. I understand that. It may be that it's a missed opportunity for you in your mind. You're thinking, well, my parents are gone now. I can't can't go back. But but, but there are some things that you can do. You can maybe, as a a suggestion, write some things down as God lays them on your heart. And you may have to edit it and re-edit it and edit it some more and everything else. But But then share that with your family. It may be just sending a letter in the mail or hitting send on an email. Just some brief words of affirmation. It may start there. Okay, again, for others of you, like, man, this is easy. I could talk to you all day long about my parents and and how much they mean to me and what they've done in my life and how they've instilled godly values in my life and all those things. It's complex. I've met a lot of people along the way over the last 30 years who struggle in their relationship with God because they've always struggled in their relationship with their parents. The very concept of seeing God as Father, as Abba, Father, Daddy, is problematic for them. Wait, God's my Father? I don't know what it's like to have a Father that loves me and cares for me and will forgive me and all of those things. That may be you today. I love the fact that Keegan chose for us to uh, sing together today, Good, Good Father, who's perfect in every way. And while you may in some ways feel like an adult orphan today, and it may be incredibly difficult for you to, 
to reconnect or connect. Or it, it, it even takes steps in the direction of truly honoring a parent or your parents. You can know that spiritually, spiritually, you don't have to be an orphan. You're adopted. You're adopted into the very family of God by the grace of God and through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if we could bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment today. I realize this is one of those messages that can land very differently with certain people. Maybe even now you're watching online, you're seated here this morning, and you're sensing some very strong emotions that you, that you don't maybe like. But I would just simply ask that you pray and ask God to give you wisdom and direction and a desire to take steps of obedience, whatever that may look like for you. If you're here today and you've never turned from your sin to faith in Jesus Christ, you're not certain that you're in a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Will you take that step of faith today? Acknowledge once and for all that you can't save yourself. You can't in your own righteousness, your own best efforts, create that connection with God as Father. It's only through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Heavenly Father, we thank You today for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that even in the complexities of life, the challenges of life, the hurts, the pain, the scars, all of the things that are associated with life in a broken world, life in broken relationship, all of those things. God, we thank you. We thank you that in you we have a perfect Father who loves us unconditionally, who, whose mercies are renewed each day, who is patient and gracious and just. If there's anyone here today who's never experienced that forgiveness and the healing and the freedom that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray that by your Holy Spirit and your word, they are drawn to you today. For each and every one of us, whatever the particulars of our family relationships may be, I pray, God, that you would help us to take steps of obedience in this area particularly. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Van Alstine. For more information about our church, visit www.fbcva.com.